0: Two guys, two topics, two two. two opinions, two, talk. give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, the zone and the zone sports network. I understand that. Yeah, we're the best team in the NBA. And there's a swagger that comes behind that too. But understanding that we just felt the loss before and we don't want to go back to that feeling just because we won a series it's not like the end all so for us it's yeah we're number one team in the, in the regular season but at the end of the day it's like a high school kid number one ranked kid going to college it doesn't mean nothing you know what i mean like at the end of the day like you those rankings everything starts over at zero zero uh they won a series we won a series all so right we won the five they won seven so at the end of the day it's zero zero um none of that stuff before matters we gotta go in there and lace them up and, and get ready
1: to go uh, split story of the day, brought to you by Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night, or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit SoundSleepMedical.com. That was Donovan Mitchell, Jazz Clippers tonight. Game one, 8 o'clock here at Vivint Arena, pregame at 7.
0: Donovan Mitchell acknowledging that the Jazz are the best team in
1: the NBA. I like that. A little swagger in his, in his comments, you know. But, he said, you know, uh, business to take care of. But. You know, I think there is
0: disrespect to start in this series, considering that the Clippers did tank to follow this path, right? A little bit, yeah.
1: Now, some people will say, oh, they were avoiding the Lakers. But uh, the truth is they saw the Jazz as a better second-round matchup than the Lakers. So, yeah, they did kind of tank to get this, which is a tad disrespectful, I would say. And the Jazz will have an uphill battle because, uh, the news today, Mike Conley will be out Yesterday they said he participated partially in practice, but uh, is not yet good to go. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how long it's going to be. And with these games every other day, uh,
0: makes you makes you gives you pause a little bit because he is so important to the Jazz against the Clippers. The Clippers have fits with him. They don't know what to do with him, and so that that's a that's a big deal. So we'll we'll send up uh, all kidding aside, Jake. We'll send up positive vibes from Mike Conley.
1: Yeah, no doubt, and um, the the training staff I'm sure is uh, is doing everything possible to to get him where he needs to be. Yeah. So, let me ask you
0: a couple things. First of all, look at what the Nets are doing against the Bucks without James Harden, who has the hamstring. So, don't look for any sympathy. Don't look for anything other than full bore ahead. Uh, but a question for you. Jake, will will we see out of the Clippers in this series that switching defense? Oh yeah, lots. And because that's kind of what the what the Nets are doing to the Bucks, you know, and that's working out nicely for them. However, um, I, I think Rudy Gobert is a little better than uh, who is it, Lopez? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I it, I just I, it's. This switching defense is fascinating to me because you and I have talked about how what teams can do to beat it. Uh, and I watched a bunch. I watched the game last night, and then I watched some of the highlights, and I, was, I could see what the Nets were doing. And we always make fun of the Nets for not playing any defense. But they were switching, and they were playing some defense on occasion, and it was confusing the Bucs. Now, the Bucs themselves have tried that switching defense at times. And so it's kind of funny. I mean, you can beat this thing if, if, you, if you make smart decisions and you, you go iso ball when it's necessary and when you hit your shots. Because as I'm watching the Bucks, they're missing their shots. And you can give the Nets all the credit in the world for their switching defense. But I saw some open looks that they were just flat missing. And that was a bad game last night. That was, that was really ugly. But anyway, so I, I was trying to transplant that from that series
1: into this one and what the Jazz can do to take care of that business. So, uh, you know, not to get too in-depth into my philosophy on this, because we've talked a lot about the uh-huh. switching defense over the years, because it has been uh, something the Jazz have uh, have struggled with, but th- this, the switching defense is a way to cheat. There's a reason that the Nets are playing it, because you're not necessarily defending the other team straight up. You're, you're switching all the picks. And the idea is that if you have versatile enough defenders one through five, you're not going to have a mismatch when you switch. Right. Because think back to, like— Mid two thousands, Gordon, when ISO was the dominant way to play in the NBA, you never switch against that because you don't want your point guard ending up on LeBron, or your you don't want uh, you know you don't want your center at that point ending up on you know you don't want Eric Dampier end up guarding the other team's point guard. I mean, you just you just didn't you just didn't switch back then because you were so vulnerable in the ISO game. Then enter the Warriors, who I don't want to say reinvent the game because that's certainly not true, but, but bring back the team style of mm-hmm. basketball where it's no longer we're just going to ISO against the other team. Now it's this team concept, which, of course, the Jazz have, have added their own flavor there too. But then all of a sudden switching defense becomes really, really effective because you're taking out that team part. And so it forces you to do something maybe that you don't want to do. Or at least you're trying to. Like play (laughs) ISO basketball. So my keys in this series, Gordon, is when Rudy has a significant mismatch, he needs to take advantage of it. And they need to hunt the best matchup for Donovan Mitchell. So whoever you determine on the floor is the guy that Donovan can beat the easiest. Set a pick with his man. And then let Donovan go to work. Those are going to be the two key factors. And, and by the way, that could go for Jordan Clarkson and, you know, when Mike Conley returns, Mike Conley as well. Your guys that are dynamite, off the bounce, you know, scorers and shooters, for that matter. Get them the most advantageous matchup with the screen and then let them go to work. It, it, and then when the Clippers adjust, then the Blender comes back and all right. that sort of thing. But you have to make them abandon that, and they're going to make the Jazz do that. So without Mike Conley, it becomes more difficult. You have fewer players that can
0: do that. Right. Well, one
1: fewer player. That's...
0: This this puts an absolute highlight on Donovan Mitchell. And you don't want to throw too much pressure on a guy. He already knows he's the offensive star of the Jazz, so he expects it of himself. So maybe there, it's impossible to put too much pressure on him. But he's going to have to have good games against this defense. And have to. And, you know, I as I've looked at it, you can you can still drive and kick, you know. If you get the, a favorable matchup and you go and you get somebody else that's jumping in there to a, what they call that digging, you know, then you, you can still move the ball to an open man who should be open now because most players can't cover
1: two guys at once. But that's the hard part. That relies on you beating your guy. They're not going to adjust – Unless you beat your guy, yeah. and in traditionally the jazz offense, you beat your guy by having a pick set, and the other team having to go over the pick or, well, I mean, under it. And we've seen Donovan Mitchell make teams pay for that. But you have to play that pick and roll. The, that's the beauty of the switch is you just switch, so you've got no advantage coming off the pick. So that's the hard part is how do you beat the guy in front of you to make the defense have to adjust and leave that open guy. That's well, that is yeah. the that is the challenge. Well, it's a matter of talent <laughs> like, and athleticism gotta, yes you gotta have the talent to do it
0: and that's part of the reason the jazz have uh, have moved to what they're doing and with the players that they're doing so we'll we'll see how it turns out tonight i'm i'm fascinated by it and and the two the two stars the two jazz stars i think are absolutely stars are always pivotal right but tonight donovan mitchell and rudy gobert have to have big games
1: in, oh, different, however you in different define ways it. Yeah. yeah yeah in different ways i you know defensively for the jazz gordon and i know this is really the concept of the jazz defense so it shouldn't be all that difficult they've got to find a way to feed the clippers to rudy chase him off the three point line make him take mid-range shots or dare to go into the belly of the beast okay so what do they do if if
0: uh They don't have uh, Zubat on the the floor, and they put
1: Nicholas Batum in, and he goes more outside. Does Rudy go out with him? So, interesting question. It'll be curious. That's one of the things that'll, if it were me, I'll tell you what, I like, and we'll harken back to a previous series with the Jazz, I like taking my chances with uh, adjusting Batum, taking a three, than I would Clint Capella dunking. Yeah. So if Batum's in the game, Rudy can help. He can help big time because there's not the law behind him. Because that's just not Batum's game, right? So, you know, maybe if Batum's in the dunk spot, he gets some of those. But remember how deadly that was with Capella when Harden would get into the lane, Rudy would help, Mm -hmm. and then it was just an automatic dunk for Houston. And we've seen teams do that. If the Clippers go away from Zubats, though, they don't have a player to do that, which I think actually empowers Rudy. But then if you play Zubats, then you can't play the switchy D. So right. this is one of the things the Clippers are going to have to figure right. out. Right. And I have a feeling we're going to we're going to see the switching team. <laughs> I think Some I agree with you. Until the Jazz force them out of it. Yeah. Which they could do tonight. I mean, if they go out and put up 120 on them tonight and and win the game handedly and that defense didn't work and Donovan and Rudy have 30 and 20. The Clippers are going to do something else in game 2. You know, I, as
0: I watched the final two games of the Clippers and the Mavs, I hated what the Mavs were doing. You know, just giving the ball and get out of uh, to Doncic and just let him try to figure it out.
1: <laughs> I just I don't like that style of basketball. Either does Kristaps uh, Porzingis. <laughs> <laughs> either, either do most teammates who play on that style of team. Yeah. You think on those Rockets teams where it was all Harden all the time? You think anybody actually enjoyed playing on those teams? Okay, so who can do that? Uh, Doncic can do it. Harden, I guess, can do it. Who else can do that? LeBron, maybe. Well, who's capable of it? Because yeah. I mean, would Steph be capable of that? But that's just not how the Warriors but, yeah, play. Even if, even if, even if you have players who are capable of doing that, I still. It's not a good look. Is it look. a good idea? Yeah, right.
0: and 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 the Clippers figured it out, and they, they made it very difficult for the Mavs.
1: Obviously, well, they, they have they couldn't close out on a three-two lead. Well, if they have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Pactor Beverly, I would hope they would figure it out. So you bring you got up... to guard one guy, and you got those three guys for you... crying <laughs> out loud. That series went. How did it go seven? I don't know. Good
0: heavens! But you bring up Beverly. Uh, how much is he going to play? Is he going to be on Donovan
1: Mitchell? Is that going to be their answer? I. I've said this for years. Uh, if I were the Clippers, I'd just rotate. I'd just say, Kawhi, you've got Donovan uh, for a couple. You know, Paul, go take your turn. And Patrick Beverly, throw him a different look. i just rotate those three.
0: As quick as Kawhi is, can he stay with Donovan?
1: He stays with most everybody in the league. He's pretty he's pretty good. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> you know on a one-off situation, sure, Donovan can beat Kawhi Leonard. But, I mean, if, that, if that's the head-to-head matchup all game, that's... That's tough sledding.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see how it turns out. But you know, you always talk about the your, your preference for the two way player, and maybe that's uh, obvious. Coaches all around the league have a preference for that. But when the when the Clippers have two guys yeah. who are absolutely elite in that regard, at least they are normally Kawhi definitely in the playoffs. Playoff Pete, not not as much, although yeah. he has been. Doing all right lately.
1: And by the way, maybe we don't see uh, a ton of Patrick Beverly in this series. He is offensive, uh, offensively a little bit liable. And as you pointed out yesterday, uh, um, the Clippers are all about the three. So maybe we see more Reggie Jackson than we do, say, Patrick Beverly, which will be interesting because if the Clippers want to trade baskets, I would guess that the Jazz are more than happy to trade baskets the way that they play. Yeah, well, both of these teams. So, uh, yeah. well, well, look, the Jazz, what
0: were they? They were third in offense, third-rated offense and fourth-rated defense. The Clippers were the fourth-rated offense and the eighth-rated defense.
1: Yeah. Uh, I can't believe they were the eighth-rated defense. Seems like they should have been better. Than well, that. maybe that's cuz their players are missing. And they're not a, playing their a bunch of games. Load yeah. Management, yeah. Yeah, when you've got uh, you know Luke Kennard out there trying to D up, it's a little different than Kawhi <laughs> that, Leonard. You know That's what I mean? another reason everyone should root against the Clippers. You don't want that to work. Yes. Yes, I agree. In fact, we should have kind of been rooting against the Raptors when they won it because that just proved the theory, yeah. right? Yeah. that's If you don't
0: like load management, if you don't like buying tickets to a game and not seeing star players play,
1: then you're going to be rooting against the Clippers, yeah. even if you're not a Jazz fan. You should root against the Clippers. Root against the Clippers. Yep. I, I agree with that. So what do you expect out of Game 1? I mean, it's going to be tough with uh, with no Mike Conley. Obviously, it's going to be tough. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. what I mean, as far as who's going to win and who's going to don't I
0: don't know. I've been very impressed with the way the Clippers have played in these last couple of games. Not so impressed by what I saw in some of the games prior to. But the Jazz have been watching what's happening. They've been resting, practicing, being able to get right. They they probably those players knew, and the coaches probably knew Mike Conley wouldn't be available. So they've been working without him uh, probably uh, for uh, throughout. So, I uh, you know you would think the advantage would be with the Jazz. They are favored, right? I, I haven't seen the line on tonight's game. I'm not a. I'm not a. Gambler, yeah, you so. bring
1: it up a lot, though. I know you, you put a
0: lot of stock yeah, in those, the wizards, those, those guys know, usually know what they're talking about, yeah, or not else they really. wouldn't have that. They're good at math, <laughs> okay, <laughs>
1: whatever, but they're not going to last in their job very long if they're wrong a whole lot. You mean calculating how much money is on one side <laughs> as opposed to the other? <laughs> wrong about that, to, yeah, they how probably how to, would lose their job. How to dupe the public. <laughs> They probably would. But the 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 fact remains that uh, the good folks in Vegas aren't trying to predict anything, but yet everybody kind of <laughs> misunderstands that. But whatever, it's okay. <laughs> Thank the you. Jazz the so Jazz are favored by the three. tolerance. The Jazz are favored by three. The Wizard thinks they win by three. Well, is that what the line was originally said, or is it moved one way or the no, other? No, the Wizard changes its <laughs> mind often, doesn't
0: it? I wonder why the Wizard does that.
1: <laughs> <I wonder> what <laughs> re-thinks
0: re- re- it, Jake. You know, as time as as tip off grows near, when do they shut? When do they shut down that movement? When when can they no longer change the line? Right up the tip, I'm right thinking. up to the very last second. Huh? All right, forgive my ignorance as far as gambling goes. I don't <laughs> bet on sports.
1: I have friends who bet on sports. You just. I know you shouldn't bet on on sports. Actually, I think that's a good thing for well, you for a variety of reasons. But if you take the favorite every time, <laughs> I wonder how that you're works. Not, you're gonna end if you up losing. You take the favorite
0: every time. You usually you think you win more than not.
1: Uh, no. Oh, hence the balance. Yeah, I think you you probably at some point will end up taking a beating. Yeah. How do people do that then? How do they how do they make a living that way? Well, usually the sharps make a living going the other way as the public. So <laughs> the So your whole your whole mentality, I don't know of how if you would make a ton of money in the gambling world. So you do make you make money betting on the on the dog? You can, yeah. Going against the public, certainly. Mm. All right. And then the depending on the amount that you bet, you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you get one long shot that can over you know, that can over make ten other losses. That's right? true. Yeah. I guess. All right. Thanks for the th- thanks for the tutorial. I appreciate it. Well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We feel needed to go there. I just feel well, like when we when fell people, into that because we were talking about. I just you know. think when people think of like these lines makers, they they honestly uh, see somebody in a dark room with their their hands against their head, you know, going hum, Lakers minus five and a half, run with it. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, but they sure seem to know who's injured and who's not before anybody
1: else, don't they? Uh, it's their business to know, Gordon. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's the, only, it's the only reason we get injury reports, so I don't know uh, how plugged in they actually are. They're just on an email list. Well, Vegas thinks the public is
0: going to favor the Jazz, apparently.
1: Well, at the moment, maybe that's where the dough is coming in. I don't know. All right, that would indicate that. <laughs> but, but you know, the wizard is very mysterious. You never know.
0: <laughs> Do you know a wizard? Do you <laughs> I know wish anybody who has?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know anybody with a? <laughs> I'd be in a different line of work if I knew a wizard. <laughs> uh, let's I'd be go doing ways. something else. <laughs> Oh man, sorry. Uh Gordon, can we can we mix in a little football news here for a second? Oh, sure. Uh Larry Scott gave an interview to the AP. Now Larry has till what the end of the month and then uh it's uh adios. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the first interview I've uh, I've seen from him really since the the news. And uh it's it's thorough. Ralph Russo from the AP does it and Give it a read. It's 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 very very Larry Scott. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of spin, a lot of, a lot of okay. spin going yeah, on. Well, but that's we have come to expect. He, out of Larry, he he was like a, a top, l- a little bit more aggressive though in in passing the buck a little bit, or at, at very least not being uh, so PC. He went after. Some schools in regards to football. That's kind of the number one thing that stood out to me. I mean, he talked a lot about how the the conference really is in a good position to cash in in 2024. And, well, the football was down, but the Olympic sports were great. You know, all those things Mm -hmm. that that we expect Mm -hmm. to hear. He did say that he did not expect over his 11-year run the presidents and ADs to be such a revolving door. He said that was a problem. But this, I thought this was interesting. The question uh, that was posed to him, what do you think the Pac-12 could have done under your leadership to help better position the conference's football programs to be more successful? Can I guess what he said? Sure. He said what you always
0: say, that it was
1: up to the programs to get better, and they didn't. Part of the problem, yes. Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> I want to get your thoughts. He says, I'm sure looking back, we could probably identify some small things we uh, would have done differently. But all the strategies around football and other sports were in alignment with all of our schools and our football coaches. USC, Oregon, Stanford, Washington not getting to the playoffs more often or winning has very little to do with the conference office. Between compliance issues, coaching changes, and other things, some of our traditional powerhouses have struggled the last few years, and that's hurt the league overall.
0: Now, look, you could spin it that way if you want, but you also have to look at the fact that one of the reasons that the lifeblood of college football has uh, dried up a little bit with the Pac-12 schools is because nobody cares about the Pac-12 network. How much, though? Because there's a couple that, of that leaps that to is, get there. I understand. But you understand, what I'm saying is that he can say that, and he can blame it on the coaches, and, and, and he's right in part but I think there's been a general uh, there's a lot of talent on the west coast and there've been good football players who are leaving to go to what they consider better conferences where where there's a uh, a greater interest in football you know so is that larry's fault well
1: <laughs> some of the decisions that have been made have had some effect on that in my opinion well here, here's the thing I I think larry scott's leadership has been i mean has been uh, craziness at worst and just buffoonery at best, right? They ever, I, they ever pay off that house for one point nine million? Did they t- get
0: that one paid off? What I a scam! Know.
1: I mean, it, honestly, what a scam! He he's set up for life uh, for from eleven years of just <laughs> bad leadership. My opinion. So, I, I, hey, I'm I'm no Larry Scott fan, but. Can Larry Scott help it? That USC can't figure it out, and they're <laughs> selling scholarships to celebrities and all this. Oh, uh, but
0: that, did, and they, that didn't really have any effect they, on football. Come on.
1: Well, they keep hiring ads in house because they wink, wink, know the score of the game, and but yet are just <laughs> dreadful uh, athletic directors no, who make dreadful hires. It's not all Larry Scott's fault. I mean, we can agree on that. Well but these, agree with these Larry These universities on that. need to be better too. I, I,
0: I understand that, but the conference as a whole needs to be better because if you if you go to a pack, let's say I'm a five star athlete and I want to play for a championship. Well, I I look at the Pac-12 and I think whatever's going on there, I, I, eyeballs aren't watching me. So maybe I'll get less attention. And that really does work. People think, oh, you know, pro football scouts, they, they'll find you. If you're good, they'll find you. Well, I'm amazed at how often they get caught up in some of the, the dressing the involved in the whole thing. It happens a lot. I'll it agree with that. It does happen. And, and if, if you're, you know, so it, it, it I don't know. Like I said, I'm not going to blame Larry Scott for everything that went wrong. You're right. Hire the right coaches. And get the job done at the ground level. But I, I think that the overall perception of the conference and the uh the lack of eyeballs on the conference and, and and maybe and this probably isn't Larry's fault, but the uh you know, I mean, these teams don't draw the way teams in the Midwest and the Southeast do.
1: You know? So great schools. But that's not Larry's fault. No, I know. I know. See, I, I have an issue with with these universities who poorly run their athletic departments who can't achieve what some SEC schools do. And, and here's the part where I do agree with you. It helps that you have um, a, a, like a, an unexhaustible amount of support. From the fan bases, and you're selling tickets at whatever you want to charge for them, and TV networks can't wait to broadcast your games, and and I, I agree that and Uncle that Phil does, can't pay for that, everything. That does have a you know? matter, but but speaking of Uncle Phil, uh, you know they hired Mark Helfrich I mean, they took Chip Kelly had a and and Chip's a you know whole different story, but he had a ready made to go stud program in Oregon where it catapulted him to the NFL and they made a bad coaching hire and they haven't even they haven't recovered from that yet. You know, USC what a joke. USC has uh, uh, um, uh, what, am I, what am I thinking? Um, um, Ogeron as their interim coach after a bad hire mm-hmm. and they end up not keeping him to make a bad hire and he goes somewhere <laughs> else and wins a national title. <laughs> That's a good point. Kevin Sumlin, what a disaster. I mean, that, that gets back to some other universities. You can't – why can't UCLA get a football program off the mat? Why, the, the, why can't yeah. – because it's poorly run. Well, they don't have
0: – you know, it depends. Do you think that money translates into winning? I think it's part of the equation. It is not everything. If you have strong leadership, you, guys who make good decisions, you would think that the money – that, and, and that deficit of money does probably make a difference in some cases. Now, Oregon, a place like that where you have a a, a facility up there that uh, is like without rival, right? I mean, maybe maybe there are some places that are just as nice now. But you have some resources there that maybe some schools don't. But some of the
1: Pac-12 schools, their, their facilities, I don't think, line up with what's elsewhere. Well, on that point, Gordon, here, let's look at Utah for a second. Utah it was in the Mountain West in the whack days. Was absolutely used to turning a nickel into a dollar. Mm-hmm. You know that that was the way they had to run their athletic department because they didn't have the spoils and and had to run it lean and mean. So is it any coincidence that they go into the Pac-12 and financially, I have been very uh, conservative and, and appropriate in tackling the things at the proper time and, and prioritizing where they spend their money to smartly do so and to have enough left over to have the highest recruiting budget. In the league, that's that's running. That's efficient running. Where you know, sure, if you give Utah an extra fifteen million dollars, they're they're uh, going to find a, uh, some use for it. But yeah. really, they're doing fine. They're not upside down. They're not leveraged. They're they have enough left over to have an incredible recruiting budget. Wit is compensated salary wise, very well, yeah. certainly fairly. So, is however, Larry, Utah's
0: not winning any national championships.
1: But Utah is is punching above their weight. I mean, two division titles in the last three years.
0: Yeah, but they haven't won a, a, a conference championship, and
1: they haven't been invited. And now we're talking about we're talking about a high level of college but football. But that's here. my point. Utah probably shouldn't be there yet, and they've been very, very competitive in the Pac-12. Where Arizona, they have never won it, right? And that's going back to the seventies. It hasn't been that long for the cats, huh? When when was the last time the Mighty Beeves won it? When was the last time the Beeves were, were even a thought in the league when they accidentally upset USC way back in the day with that uh running back that was about three and a half feet tall? <laughs> what was his name? Shaquiz Rogers. Yeah, I think? yeah. 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 He, and by the way, he was really good. Yeah, back should, then I uh, was a beaver believer. But I don't know. No. I mean, it, it, to your point, the standard is really high. And I think Utah has overachieved. And I think part of the reason they've overachieved is because they've managed their programs extraordinarily well. You, but, but see, what you, you're you complimenting Utah for something other teams in the league have done as well. But they're still being criticized for not quite being good enough. But the other teams, a lot of them have way more resources than, than Utah does. Do they? I don't know that. UCLA has a 100,000-seat stadium. Yeah, but UCLA. But see, the fact that you have that opinion <laughs> is is what's ridiculous about that. SC, I'll follow that. SC,
0: Oregon, maybe Washington. I, I haven't looked at what, what these schools have coming into their coffers. But, and, uh, and maybe from from, from from boosters or whatever.
1: Maybe Herm in, uh, down in Phoenix has has harnessed some untapped potential out of that program, and we'll see how it goes. But, I mean, it, it, these universities can point the finger at Larry Scott all they want, and he is a buffoon. But they <laughs> they have some responsibility yeah, so, uh, for how things are going. I agree with let's you. Let's put our head on straight yeah. and and hire some people with half a brain who can go out and maximize the potential of these universities. How do you think the overall – attitude is, in the Pac-12,
0: about paying head coaches a bazillion dollars?
1: Well, at Cal, they have no stomach for it because they have no money.
0: (laughs) Do you think there's like this collision between
1: athletics and academics? There's probably some of that, but I'm not familiar enough to know. Yeah, I don't know either on that one. I mean, Stanford seems to have no problem paying Shaw, so... What's he? Does he make a lot? Uh, do they publish that since it's a private school? No, but you can go around and look at some tax stuff and figure out what neighborhood it's in. He's doing fine.
0: Isn't Kyle like in the top 12 in the country or something He's like up that? there. Yeah, he's absolutely- I,
1: I'm sorry. I, I don't know that for a fact. I thought I saw a list where he was really high. Which he should be. He runs a heck of a program. And Utah can afford to compensate but it's him, but
0: still. But Utah is still. I mean, if, if every team in the league was like Utah,
1: we'd still be criticizing the Pac-12. I don't know. I because I, they're not getting in. They're not getting into the playoff. I think if they would be. I think they would be. I think if USC were properly run. I think if Oregon made uh, some good hires, and and hey, the the jury's you know still out on their current situation. They've been pretty good, or at least it, it appears they're on the upswing. So maybe that's. Maybe that's the case. Well, my my, my point in in
0: bringing Utah into that is not to criticize the Utes. It's to say that what the Utes have done hasn't made a dent in the the level of football that we're talking about when it comes to
1: criticizing the Pac-12. Because they haven't achieved that level. But I think they've performed consistently high. I don't think there's any criticism that should come the Utes' way for the Pac-12's lack of achievement.
0: But if every, like I said, if the best team in the Pac-12 was at Utah's level right now, we'd still be
1: criticizing them. Well, you'd hope you'd uh, produce some national title contenders. Just because
0: of the advantages that SC
1: and Oregon have? Is that why you feel that um, way? Yeah, it, just like it, that, okay, Al- so Alabama if, and Georgia so, press so their advantages. advantages.
0: So if SC and Oregon and Washington are run at, at Utah's level as far as decisions and, uh, you know, overall leadership,
1: would they be in the, in the conference championship? I mean, would they be in the, uh, the playoff? I mean, it might be going out on a limb, but I would say yes. I mean, Witt has Pert done it at Utah neer doesn't get it done. Yeah, but he was one game away from it. What,
0: like well, like well, two well, years here ago? We We've been criticizing the Pac-12 because they've
1: only had those two teams get into the playoff in all these years. And Utah's never done that. Okay, this is going to come off as condescending, and I, I kind of mean it to be, but I think you'll get my point. It's little old Utah, man. Oh, come on. See, it's, I, it's little old. Listen, Utah does not. little not, old Utah. Utah's a great school. It is. It is. It, don't get me wrong, it'll, it'll, but they will, do not have the built-in advantages of USC, Oregon, Washington, State, even Stanford. They don't, they're don't. they not starting from the same spot on the track. Well, been, how long have they been in? It's been like 11 years now, hasn't it? Thank goodness you don't cover the beeves. <laughs> Thank goodness you don't cover Oregon State then you'd really have something to complain about. Well they're they're busy up there working on
0: like uh I don't know forestry stuff. I don't know what they're doing well, up there. Well nobody
1: up there covering the beeves is going, you know, well you haven't won the league. Well, then they, well they just so come they to the
0: Then they just upgrade all their facilities. They want to, to win it. a game.
1: <laughs> I actually really like their coach up there right now. I think he's he's doing some good things. But my you give my a point. I I get your point, but I think it's a bit of a stretch. How?
0: Because you're complimenting Utah for doing the same things that the other teams in the league are doing, for which we're criticizing them, and you're saying, well, that's because they have their starting uh, starting point was higher than where Utah, Utah
1: does is. more with less. Fact.
0: I don't know. Does, does Utah? I mean, I mean. Spence Eccles has done a lot for that
1: program. The Huntsman's have done a
0: lot for that pro- and program. And how many
1: Eccles and Huntsmans uh, does USC have? Well, yeah, that's a strong. That's a strong argument. Or Stanford ha- for that matter. But or UCLA? <laughs> Oregon has Uncle
0: Phil. I don't know. Lord is, knows who went does, to Washington. Does UCLA have a bunch of boosters who want
1: to throw money at that football program? They certainly do with the basketball program. And why can't you deflect some of that energy to the football program? It, it, UCLA is just. They should be ashamed, <laughs> ashamed that they can't get up off the mat. That is an embarrassment.
0: Well, I'll, I'll tell you what would be what would be really good is if, it, and this has nothing to do with being a fan or anything. Just if what you're saying is true, and the Utes are run properly, then win the damn league and go to the playoff, which,
1: and show show everybody else the way to do it. I'm sure Witt would tell you, I'm trying, Gordo, and we <laughs> we were darn close. <laughs> Uh, you know what they say about close. Seriously, you need to move to Corvallis. <laughs> you need to write about the Beavs. This needs to happen. No Go and move to Pullman. You need to write about Washington State. Oh be like, gosh. why Why can't these football teams win the league? I've been to Pullman. That's fine. Right. You can't tell me it's it's the same recruiting to Pullman as it is to L.A. Well, Just like it's people, not the same recruiting to like Salt Apple Lake. Country. <laughs> I don't know. Do you like livestock? Come to Corvallis. <laughs> do you do like you really like the, cold winters? Do you like the Sunset Strip? Come to USC. It's a little bit different.
0: <laughs> well, then, okay. Then How, ex- do, you okay, like, then how do you like... Explain f-
1: to me, if that's true, then how come Gonzaga is so good at basketball? Basketball is a different animal. You don't need nearly as many players. Well, they sure seem to have a lot of them up there. Well, yeah, you have to field a team of 12 as opposed to a team of... 80 <laughs> okay. in a sport where one person makes all of the difference, let alone two people. Well, they have a whole lot more than that. They're getting it done somehow. Are we well, encouraging uh, programs to cheat? That, well, I mean, when it come, if you want to bring cheating into it, those bigger universities have more resources to cheat, too, <laughs> and even so take more excuses away. All right. But Utah should be held to the same standard as USC. Well, I didn't exactly say that, yeah. but
0: you know. It, but be, what? I I don't know though. You know, all I know is what Norm Chow told me, and that is that SC gets what SC wants, uh, financially.
1: Uh-huh. But
0: but I don't know how Utah compares with the other
1: programs in the league as far as. You know, booster dollars and all that stuff. I want to remind you about our friends at Rough Tough. Rough Tough sets the industry standard for custom seat covers for cars, trucks, SUVs, and UTVs. Get the best fit seat covers for the make, model, and year of your vehicle and do some business with a Utah company since 1976. Check them out today. RoughTough.com. That's RoughTough.com. More next 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.